Hey guys, Jack here. Welcome back. A reminder, we are brought to you guys by Solve4Y. Um, if you are not aware, we have some academies coming up in March. We have an MTT Academy March 11th through March 13th, and a Advanced Poker Training Academy, which is the Cash Academy, and that's March 15th through March 17th. I'll be at both of those, and if you haven't done the Academy, I highly recommend it. It's an amazing experience, very worthwhile, takes place in Las Vegas at the fantastic Software-Y Studio. If you are signing up for either of those, remember to use discount code JUSTHANDS2019. Um, and same if you head over to Software-Y TV and sign up, use discount code JUSTHANDS2019. So hope to see you guys there, and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome back to Just Hands Poker. I'm here with one of our most frequent guests, especially this past year, uh, the fabulous Nick Valinsky. Nick! How you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So the impetus for this guest appearance is not just that I want to have you on the show, but you're actually starting a stream. Uh, you want to talk a bit about that before we dive into these hands? Sure. I just like posted about it on the Just Hands Slack. That's the only advertisement I've done for it so far. But basically, I'm just streaming micro stakes on global. For right now, it's just five cent, ten cent, which is you know. Moderately exciting, I guess. Uh, I don't know how entertaining it is to watch, but I do my best to, you know, talk through all my decisions and say what I'm, you know, thinking and trying to do the whole time. And, uh, yeah, I just want to make sure it's something that's entertaining, but more importantly, it's something that holds me accountable to playing, you know, a couple hours a day online and keeping my skills up while I engage in other business activities. Yeah, so I tuned into the first episode of the stream. Uh, it's been going for two days straight now. Uh, I'm not sure if you're going to get to it again tonight, but I enjoyed it the first time around. It was just enjoyable to watch someone having a ton of fun playing poker. Um, oh, thank you. I think that's what that was what I was getting. Um, and obviously, a lot of good strategy stuff as well. And we can talk about some of that in a second. How are people? <laughs> how might people find past streams or? know when to tune into future streams. The stream is slated to run uh, at 5 p.m. pretty much every day of the week, unless otherwise stated. Uh, I have VODs up on the channel. They're gonna, they stay up for a number of days. I think in the future I'm going to actually record stuff uh, to my computer and put it up online separately so it stays up forever. Uh, but for now it's up for a little while. Uh, today it's not going to happen at 5 p.m. because we're recording this, uh, so it'll be a little late. But going to happen every day. Updates will happen on the Twitch page, which is, I think it's, I think I know what it is, but I got to check. It is www.twitch.tv slash bunnylab. And that may change in the future. Uh, if I decide to change my name or I decide to move to a different YouTube channel or to a YouTube channel, but I'll update you as I can, uh, either through here or, you know, wherever the opportunity arises. Awesome. And that's B-U-N-N-Y-L-A-D. Uh, it's on Twitch. And right. that's 5 p.m. Pacific time. Oh, uh, So if you're point. on the East Coast, tune in at 8 p.m. So I didn't yeah. know you were going to do this every day. That's awesome. I mean, I basically have been playing online like one hour a day. And for, you know, a couple months now. Before that, it was like sparse on and off. And I just kind of wanted to increase the amount of hours I put on online, and I wanted to hold myself accountable, and I felt like, you know, 
I need to keep my skills up every day anyway, so why not just stream it? There's no reason not to. Little reason not to, perhaps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think that's great. So we're going to do something that we've never done before on Just Hands. And that is talk about some hands that happened in online poker. And don't worry, this is, I think, most likely a one-time thing. You know, this is a live poker show, you know, after all. And so we're not going to be in the habit of talking about uh, small stakes online or online at all. But in honor of this stream being started from a close friend of mine, uh, who I think you should all check out, we're going to feature some hands from, I think this is your first episode? Yeah, yeah, first episode. Okay, great. All right, let's get into it. So this hand begins, you know, five cent, ten cent on global. Uh, we're playing against no one that I'm particularly familiar with at this point. I've played with some people at these stakes, like for a number of sessions, but none of them were at the table. I labeled a few people as fish, but that's about it. No serious reads. I open queen six suited from the cutoff to three big blinds. And then it's going to fold to the small blind who calls, and the big blind comes along as well. Okay. Nothing to say there. You got queen six suited, premium hand, flaking the raise. Uh, let's go. Great. All right, so we go to the flop, which is jack nine four with the jack four of clubs, and we have the queen six of clubs, if that wasn't clear. So this, it already gets interesting. Uh, the small blind just leads out for half pot. Big blind then calls, and now we're faced with the decision. Give me your thoughts first. My feeling is that when the small blind leads and the big blind calls, I'm not like too jazzed about raising here. Folding is obviously out of the question, but the queen six is like honestly not to me the optimal flush draw to be raising on this board it's not particularly low and it also blocks some of the straight draws straight draw combos that we want people to have so i i'm more comfortable just calling here especially getting such a great price and if we hit our hand uh we get to be led into at some decent frequency Mm -hmm. so i guess things that i like to consider are how am I going to sort of play my range asymmetry here? And how wide is my raising range? And in terms of raise asymmetry, like, our queens plus is pretty important. Our sets of jacks are important. Possibly sets of nines as a range asymmetry, it's unclear. And so that'll guide you a bit, potentially, on how much to raise. And then also, like, how much equity can we really deny? I think we can probably get some hands like 9x to fold, which aren't super equitable, but it's significant. But I think it's unlikely we can get, like, say, a flush draw to fold. It's very unlikely. Yep. And so I guess we could consider various king X of clubs type hands, and if those might ever fold, because getting those to fold the flop through a raise would be very valuable. So yep. how would you play hands like queens plus here? I think queens plus, I think queens is right on the border. Uh, I might just flat queens. I think kings and aces, I'm pretty tempted to raise at a high frequency on this board. Uh, just because of the just because of the lead and then the pass just call from the big blind, I think we're 
I think we're honestly ahead a decent amount of time. It's like hard for me to come up with what people's leading ranges are on these kinds of boards, especially from the small blind. I think like from the big blind, it makes a lot of sense, but from the small blind, it just like, I don't see him having that many like ultra strong hands here. I'm not sure. Like, what do you make of, what do you make of a leading range on this board? I think it's probably going to have a lot of pairs. Like middle strength Jack X. Yeah, I think that's most likely. I can understand sort of psychologically why those hands would want to lead. Any other hand is a lot less clear, like, what's the psychological motive for leading, unless you're sort of a well-constructed player. You know, if someone has, like, queen 10, no club, let's say. It's just a hand that I would be surprised to see lead a lot. Um, yeah, I, sp- I, I barely ever see people lead hands like that at 5, 10 set. Yeah, so I think that Small blind is most likely to have a jack. I think we can weight small blind's range strongly towards jack X. And big blind, I think, is probably doesn't have any extremely strong hands, but is much more likely to have hands like queen 10, like uh, worse clubs, like better clubs, other jacks, maybe a nine. And so I guess, one, do you think you would be able to get a jack to fold on the flop? No, I don't think ever. Mm. So, then it's kind of a question of, you know, would we like to see Big Blind potentially fold? Would we like to see Big Blind put more money in the pot? Which hands will do that? And does racing now give us better ability to potentially bluff on later streets? So part of what's interesting here is that, so the board was Jack-9-5? Jack-9-4, Okay. yeah, basically. We can pick up some additional equity on the turn with a 10 or an 8. Or a king. Yeah, or a king. And I guess the king is a card we could consider raising. I think a 10 or a 8 are tough cards for us to try and bluff on. I agree. Even though we pick up additional equity. Our sort of range asymmetry being hands like all-ace-jack, queens-plus, that decides to play through a flat, doesn't really enjoy raising on those sorts of board or those turn cards. So we don't have a lot of incentive to try and leverage. We can, but it's unclear that like we have an advantage that we would want to push. Anyway, I think it's close and I'm definitely very open to your idea of just calling. I think it's probably best because I think when we can't get a jack to fold on the flop, it makes the value of raising a lot less. And given that of Big lines range, like what's most likely to fold is probably like small flush draws and the worse straight draws. Right. Much less of interest in seeing those hands fold. Right. So I think your decision to just call is good. Okay. Great. Yeah. I'll also point out that this is, you know, this is played on Friday night and Friday and Saturday nights on global do get a little bit crazy. So, you know, there's, <laughs> it, it, I feel like our uh, chances of getting people to fold even middle strength hands goes way down uh, on those nights. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I do end up flatting the 0.45 chips, and we see a turn which is the ace of diamonds, so it puts a backdoor flush drop there. And now the small blind leads again for half pot. 
So there's 225 in the pot, and he leads for 112. Mm -hmm. And what are stacks? That's a good question. So at this point, let's see, to start the hand, uh, small blinds started with like 40 bigs, a little under 40 bigs. Uh, Big blind has like 45, so pretty small overall. Uh, So at this point in the hand, small blind should have... 20 blinds behind. Mm -hmm. So he bets like a third of his stack on the turn. Yes. Okay. So our board is ace of diamonds, jack of clubs, nine of clubs, five of diamonds? Uh, Close. It's ace of diamonds, jack of clubs, four of clubs, nine of diamonds. Okay. And what does big blind do? Uh, The big blind gets out of the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, So our question here is, do we have any fold equity? I don't think so. Part of the issue here is that, like, it's really hard for us to ever win on the river without improving. Right. Uh, when we just call. You know, our opponent's bluff catchers on, like, a, on a board this draw heavy are very unlikely to fold. And their misdraws that are worse than Queen X, I think, are somewhat likely to continue bluffing. Even if it's not a great bluff, I think, like, the chances that 10-8 just like shuts down on a deuce is not so high. And even if like a hand like Queen 10 shuts down, like we can't really bluff either. No. And so we're just gonna check back and lose a lot. So that's not great. So we're getting three to one. So we probably don't really have the equity to call. Does that sound right? We have to call 112 to win like 450. Yeah, yeah. So a half pot um, bet, we're getting yeah. three to one. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess not. I mean, I think we have like, I think we have like maybe one and a half potential queen outs because I don't think he really has. Mm-hmm. I don't really think he has that many aces here. Yeah, I guess it kind of comes down to your implied outs. Like how often, like when clubs come in, how often do you get paid? So when it, when it comes, <sighs> a good question. when the turn is. When the turn is an ace, it makes all of our opponents jack X a lot more likely to fold at some point in the hand. Um, right. I think like when we get a super blank on the turn, on the river, and we get checked to, I don't think jacks are that likely to fold. But right. when clubs also come in, now I think those hands are somewhat likely to fold. So that's not great. Our opponent obviously could have better clubs. And so if our opponent had like a stronger hand than one pair... Would they be choosing this half pot sizing into two players? Probably not. Well, maybe. I don't know. I it's yeah, it's hard like, to say. It's hard to say, man. I mean, like I think I think some people would see the value in that, and some people would see that as being either too small or too big, depending on how they play. Especially at five cent, ten cent, I just see like all sorts of shit happen. <laughs> yeah, a lot of things could happen. Which makes me think that there's a case for raising. Is there? I mean, is there a case for folding? There's definitely a case for folding. Do you think that that's the best play? I think it might be. Yeah. I think, so I, I think probably part of the problem is this: like opponents tend to optimize against certain hand classes, and so when we hold those hand classes, we do worse. Mm. And when we hold other hand classes, we do better. And mm-hmm. on flush draw flops, opponents tend to optimize against 
flush drives where like if they have a pair and you shove on this like two flush drive board, they're just a lot less likely to fold. Um, yeah. And then when that flush does come in, they're now quite likely to fold, especially you know when this ace comes in the turn. So I think that kind of pigeonholes you into a really tough spot with queen six of clubs exactly on this board. Right. So I think possibly folding is just best. It's raising is something that I think you can get away with in other games where when people just have a draw, they tend to always just sort of like count their odds and or count their outs and then make a decision. And so if we can give our opponent a bad price, then they might just fold. I think that happens more alive. And we just I don't think have quite enough backs to try and leverage any fold equity. Also no, alive, no, no, I think no. people are much more like the fold jack. At five ten cent online, I think you'll see people get kind of sticky on this board. So right. yeah, I guess I would advocate for fold with call being second best. Well, it's it's also a little bit weird that this player continues to lead on an ace turn. So I did end up calling here, and part of the reason I did is because I was just like, I don't know what this person is saying with their bets. Yeah, we don't have. We don't have that much back. We can't like maneuver that much. But like, are they really just betting like a medium strength jack again on an ace turn that like clearly benefits me a lot? So what do you think they have? I mean, I, you know, there's a whole range of things they could have. Uh, if you think jacks are now much less likely, then is there more of a case for just shoving? Yeah, there probably is. Like if yeah, we think that the if we think the bet makes the bet itself makes a jack less likely. The small sizing makes very strong hands less likely. And so we're left with you know, possibly a lot of draws. Which means we have more equity. I mean, it definitely means that if we river a queen, we're probably good a lot. Or we could be losing the queen 10, of course. But having you know the queen of clubs is pretty fucking good. When the queen comes? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I guess I kind of... Given this, I'm... Maybe starting to lean more towards shove because mm-hmm. if we really think our opponent has a draw a lot, I think actually a, it's going to be hard to get like king x of clubs to fold, and so we're kind of lighting money on fire against those hands. Right. We're in really bad shape. Eh, nah. Yeah, I'm talking myself out of it again. Like okay. it's nice that I think we can get queen ten to just fold, but we already said that that was a little bit unlikely, and I actually think that like hands like king x of clubs, the combo draws. Ace-high clubs are more likely. And I actually think ace-high clubs is a hand that might take this line. And that's yeah, that's a hand that we're drawing dead against, I think. So, yeah. yeah, I'm not too keen to like put more money in against the range we're drawing dead against. So yeah, I think fold is probably best still, with call being second. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I definitely like don't like folding equity. So this is probably just a thing I do too often. So yeah, so I did end up calling and uh, the river, as we talked about, is the queen of hearts. Now the small blind just shoves it all in there. Yeah, well at this point we're getting three to one again. Yep. We can beat king x of clubs, most king x of clubs. We can beat a nine that just decided to bluff. We can beat small clubs. We can beat like seven eight or something weird, right. like king ten. We still lose a queen ten. We lose a ten eight, so that's not great. 
and we lose to very strong hands. But I think we beat enough. Just the yeah, just the story that the guy tells by calling flatting small blind pre and then leading the flop on this board and continuing all the way through. Yeah, I felt like we were beating enough of his range that given this price, we kind of have to call a queen here. I think calling is probably best. I'm trying to think if like if we have any worse hands here. I guess we have some jacks that now are like worse calls. Like given given our logic so far, I think we would probably call like hands like Jack Ten King Jack on the turn. Mm-hmm. So now now I think having a queen is better. So right. although having a ten is nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty helpful. But if we had a hand like King Jack with the King of Clubs, that's a clear fold. I think most King Jack is a pretty clear fold. So yeah, I think probably we should be calling with our queens. So I'm into it. Like anything stronger than one pair got in on the turn. And so we right. have we have like Queen X of Clubs, we have some Ace X of Clubs, we might have some Ace Queen. So we we have stronger hands obviously, but yeah. I think we're folding enough bottom to feel good about our call with Queen Six. I mean even though I think that there's a case for calling with King Jack too. But I think we start to lock more bluffs than is than what we'll be thrilled about. So yeah, right. I, I like this. I like this call. I did call, but let me ask you this. So if we're folding a ham like Queen Six of Clubs on the turn, optimally, then then what is what does our flat range look like or our our call range look like on the river? I think it's similar. Are we still calling some queens that get like queen 10 or whatever, like combo draws that get there. Sorry, not that get there, but that hit that pair of queen. How much queen 10 do we call them? Yeah, I guess we have some combo draw, like queen 10 of diamonds. Yeah, we got queen 10 of diamonds. We definitely have queen 10 of clubs. Well, I don't know. We probably just shove that. We might raise queen 10 of clubs on the flop. Maybe no, not. We definitely, no, no, we de- I definitely would. Uh, I'm definitely just trying to get I'm trying to get players to make major equity mistakes, and people will just rip it with ridiculous shit uh, online. So, yeah, I'm happy to do that. So I guess what we're saying is that like, we have a few Queen-X combos that probably got here and shouldn't have. Like Queen-5, yeah. 6, 7. Maybe Queen-4, Queen... Or maybe Queen-3, Queen-2s. Yeah. So maybe we just, like... Should we just be dumping this anyway, or because we opened the range up so much on the turn, we have to call a hand like queen six? I don't think that that's like necessarily the right way to think about it. I would say to remind people that like you don't have to do anything. Like there's a lot of I don't I know you don't exactly mean it like this, but there's a lot of you have to do this, you have to do that, you can't do right. this, you can't do that, and that's just not <laughs> that's just obviously not true. So I, it really comes down more to. Like, what do you think your opponent's doing? And if you really have no idea, then trying to be, I guess, somewhat cognizant of minimum defense frequency is useful. But yeah, I think we, what we should really focus on is what are the possible bluffs our opponent, you know, holds here? And what are the possible value combos? We've, we've already said that it's like, we don't necessarily see that there are a ton of value combos here. Like, a lot of them shouldn't necessarily bet again. Like, I don't think we're too worried about... I guess our opponent could have an ace. There's not a ton of aces. I don't know, it's just weird. I think there's just, like, enough yeah. bluffs, I guess, is what it comes down to. Like, I don't know yeah. if I would... I would probably fold, like, king-jack with the king of clubs, because it's just, like, having blocking the king of clubs sucks so bad that 
Right. Like, I guess you can't really even call with that. But almost anything else, I think there's a case for just having, or just calling. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think having like a king is probably the worst card to have here to call. Um, mm-hmm. Unless you can beat some aces. Like if you face king, obviously, then calling I think is, is good. Right. Okay. Well, I did end up calling. And uh, you want to hear results? Yes, please. Uh, so our opponent ended up having the good old king of clubs, five of spades. Uh, for no pair or equity at any point in the hand. <laughs> <laughs> and we scoop a big pot. All right, that worked out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it worked out pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> a thrilling conclusion. I mean, that kind of behavior definitely makes just being a little bit more aggressive sometime earlier in the hand a little bit more rewarded. Like, I think mm-hmm. we can raise flops more if our opponent just, like, has absolute air. Um, so something to consider in these fields. Absolutely. And I, I make a habit of making notes on players. Like I have color coding for players. And if someone does something really stupid like this, I'll actually type something out. And because it's global, it, you know, stays, it's not anonymous. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, it's hard to get a grasp on that many people because there's, you know, a good number of people, but occasionally I run into someone who I'm like, yeah, this, this guy does some shit. Yeah. That's some shit. That's some fucking uh, shit. He almost got you too. He did. He did. Yeah. It was like kind of, it would be brilliant if he used a different combo. Yeah. If he just shoves the turn, who knows? I mean, I think I have to, <laughs> I, I definitely would have folded then, even yeah, though sure. I don't like folding. An interesting hand. All right. Well, we'll keep that perspective going into this next one, which I think is, it shouldn't take too long. Okay. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. So this is uh, still five cent, 10 cent. We're now we're now at a table that's three-handed. Uh, I have a little over fourteen bucks on the table, and the villain has a little under eight bucks, so eighty blinds or whatever. Uh, so I get pocket eights on the button, premium holding. I raise that up to my normal button sizing, which is just two x, and small blind gets out of the way, and the villain is a big blind who calls. Okay. Cool. Cool. So the flop is Jack Seven Six Rainbow. Pretty decent flop for us. And the big blind checks, and I just decide to check back here. How do you feel about that? I mean, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, you have a you have a fairly vulnerable hand that uh-huh. can get a fair bit of protection on this flop. I think our opponent would even would fold a number of like two over hard hands. It's not a guarantee, which I mean, obviously, if those call, it's not the end of the world, but or not even near the end of the world considering we're in position. But I do think we can get a lot of hands like queen nine, king nine, ace nine, ace ten, maybe even like king queen to fold. In addition to like a ton of like ace lows, king lows, ten lows, nine lows. I think you're not extremely likely to get raised on this board. Like, it can happen, and I think we'll probably just call. But a lot of people play passively, and so that's in your favor uh, when you're well, I feel I, I feel like if we do get raised on this board, it's pretty bad for us. 
Yeah, no one said it's good. Oh. <laughs> Doesn't mean you're going to just fold. Uh, uh, yeah, it depends on the sizing, but yeah. Sure, sure. But I would be, I don't think that this is a, a good hand to just, to bet fold. I think we should bet call. Uh-huh. Um, just because we can turn a lot of equity, having two blockers, like, when certain straights come in is pretty useful. Um, and I, I also think that we can just be ahead. Not only yeah. against draws, but against, like, people raising, like, lower one pair hands. So yeah, I, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't bet fold. But I think you're, I think you're just best off betting because you want to get protection. And also, I just think it's a really good opportunity to get value from sevens and sixes, which your opponent has quite a, quite a lot of. Right. When, like, it is nice that when the turn is like an ace, king, queen, you don't get led into a ton. So that's right. good. But we also no longer can really get any value. So when those cards come, we still kind of just have to like check now and realize. Mm-hmm. So I think this is like your, your best opportunity to capitalize and get money in, in the middle good. And we also sort of buy a river card at a high frequency when right. the turn comes unfavorably for our range or for our hand. But yeah, I would, I would bet here and probably bet twice a lot. How, uh, what kind of sizing would you use on the flop? Something around 60% pot. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think our opponent's range is likely to be that inelastic. I think we want to discourage races at least a little bit, even though we're planning to call one. So yeah, I would, I wouldn't size too small. Okay. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't size so large that like we expect, you know, hands like six, five to fold. I understand okay. like wanting to balance your checking range, but I would much rather do it with a hand like eight six, eight seven. Yeah, and I'm I mean I'm definitely checking those hands back. I I was pretty tempted to bet eights here, but the reason I didn't is because I just felt like blocking eight nine and eight ten is just like kind of bad. Why is it bad though? Because we just want we just want our opponent to have those hands and just start bluffing. Right, but we don't really want our opponent to have 8-9. Like, that hand has a high equity and just can can bluff us out of a lot of pots. I mean, I don't think... I mean, unless we get... Well, I mean, if we end up running into an overcard, like, yeah, we can get bluffed out, but not that often. There are plenty of cards in the deck that can come that, like, are pretty great for us, or at least fine. Sure. I, I'll just point out that, like, when our opponent has 8-9, we're going to lose this pot a lot. When our opponent has 8-10, we, I mean, we can definitely win this pot more often, because I think people play 8-9 a lot more aggressively than 8-10, but... Um, yeah, 8-9 especially, it's like a... It's a really tough hand for our opponent to have, like, when we have anything but, like, a, a very strong hand. It's the kind of hand that can raise and shove or bet-bet on turn and river, if we check right. back. So, I actually think our opponent not having those hands is is pretty good. Interesting. Okay. That's, uh, yeah, it's definitely, definitely different than I thought about those spots. Definitely when we get raised and, and barreled into, now it becomes like a fold much faster than a hand like ace-jack or jack-ten, or uh-huh. let's say or queen-jack, because we block those hands. Yeah. I could, uh, I could entertain a case for bet folding, to a large sizing for that reason even. But no, I think when we are actually betting ourselves, it it's a benefit and not a bad thing. 
to have our opponent not have like top end draws. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty interesting. Uh, okay, yeah, that makes. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I can't argue with that. Okay, so I do. You want to go on? Yeah, I guess we may as well go on. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, so I do end up checking back, and the turn is a three, which completes the rainbow. And now our opponent bets pot, which is 45 sets. I don't really see any reason to do anything except call here. Obviously, like, one possible draw got here, but we have no reason to think that he has that, even though he's using a polarizing sizing. If we were a different... If we were a slightly different card, I think there's a, more of a case for raising. Like, if it was a four or a five, then I could see a raise. Yeah, on a, on a five, especially, would be great. Both because we have more six five seven five seven four six four than we have six three seven three, and so we we rep a lot less raising on a turn three. Mm-hmm. Which is like hand like four five very likely to bet. But yeah, since I think our opponent could easily bet call a worse pair, I do think there's a case for raising, but your risk of getting three bet is a little too high and. We just we rep so little that I think there's a a reasonable case that we get three bet by someone like even like holding just like a jack. So yeah, I think you're you're kind of resigned to call and try and fade and hopefully not face another bet on the river. Okay, cool. I do call. So I call and the river is a four. And now our opponent bets pot again. Mm-hmm. What's the play? So now we're getting to the point where holding an eight is not good. So I think probably fold, other than the fact that, like, we just saw King 5, and so, like, who the hell knows? So why is holding an 8 not good? Because now we are blocking hands like 8, 9, 8, 10. Mm-hmm. Okay. And those are the those are the hands our opponent is fairly likely to play this way that we, we beat. Right. I do think it's possible for our opponent just to have all kinds of stuff, and so I wouldn't hate you f- for just, like, stationing here. It's now less likely that our opponent has a jack. I think on a slightly different card, we could even just, like, we could pile, like, on a five. We could just mm-hmm. go ahead and rip it as a bluff. Yeah. I don't hate that. But, yeah, we just don't have a lot of fives. Our eights no. don't block the hands we we want. So I think there's a, a case for folding, unless you think that this side is just so off the chain that, like, you just can't possibly fold because it's so easy for your opponent to have a hand, like, a seven, a six... You know, five deuce or not five deuce, four deuce, whatever. Well, what I, what I'm wondering about is like, so when we check back the flop and then call a pot size bet on the turn, how many better hands than this do we really have here? I mean, it depends on what you see as a better hand. Like, obviously, a straight is a better hand. We have some straights, some two pairs that might might not have raised the. Yeah, when we have hands, we have a lot of hands like seven four six four seven five six five, which are all better calls. But there's not that many of those. There's. Are you opening offsuit combos of those? No. Seven five. So no, there's not a lot. What other pairs do you check back on the flop? I mean, I'm checking. I I would normally check back like eights, nines, and then any like six or seven I have. Uh, and then obviously low low pairs. Like, I guess I would have five. I guess I could have fives here. I would have fives here probably. I do think you should consider betting more seven x 
Uh-huh. I think I think I'm I'm pretty liable to bet like a seven, maybe some king seven. Uh, but anything below that, I'm probably not. Yeah, I'm personally probably betting like all my sevens down to like ten seven. Oh wow! I think there's a case for seven x being a better call. Why is that? Because I think that our opponent could be doing this with two pair or like stronger two pair, and I think seven. X is not like so likely to bluff here. Our opponent could be over bluffing with hands like 6x, 4x, 3x. I think 7x is less likely to just like go for blood now. I agree, yeah. And so having a 7 is kind of nice in, in that we block some value. I think we block more like 7-5 when we hold a 7 right. and 8-5. Right. And also having a 7, obviously, we unblock hands like 8-9, 8-10. I think that's really important at this right. point. So yeah, I'm 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 pretty good either way calling or folding. I think okay. I think we call the more we think that our opponent just like, could have any old garbage. Right. And I think there's I think our opponents can have any old garbage quite a bit on a Friday night on global. So like uh, I will say I will say I think if checking back eights on the flop is best, mm-hmm. this has to be a call. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I think it does, yeah. I mean, my feeling is that it's not best on the flop, but if it was, right, then I think it would have to be because people were just so likely to shell off with garbage that we wanted to just check back a lot more hands. Yeah, and you also only need, you know, you only need a few percentage of their range to be complete garbage for it to be pretty worth it. So Yeah, garbage scales fast. It <laughs> It really does. It's somehow really easy to have garbage. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of a baffling thing about poker. It's like most of the hands are just garbage all the time. I don't care that much what you do here. I don't feel that strongly. Okay. <laughs> I guess probably just call, but yeah. if you fold it, I think there's a, a strong case for it. Yeah, I actually, I for once in my life, actually took the nitty approach and I folded. So we have no idea what this guy had. Kind of a bummer. Kind of a bummer. I, I really, I really want, wish we'd call. I know, me too. That's what, that's why I picked this one. I was just like, this was like, I don't know. I should have just fucking called it. Yeah, probably. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. Well, for these types of hands and you know, other crazy shenanigans, don't miss out on the daily stream. 5 p.m. Pacific time. Twitch.tv slash bunny lad. Do you want to? Do you want to explain that name? Is there an explanation? Uh, there isn't. There is an explanation, but it's like pretty far removed. I don't know if it's really worth explaining. It's like I'll just say it's an old, like it's an old gamer tag that I came up with with a really close friend of mine, a close like childhood friend of mine, while like on a two-day video game binge when, <laughs> when you know, it, we were the age where that was appropriate. <laughs> Is it like a superhero kind of thing? It's not. It's like just, it's like a kind of transformation of the name of something else. Okay. Well, what was yeah. the video game? Uh, it's called Borderlands. I haven't heard of it, but I'm not a gamer, so I'm sure plenty of people listening to this will have heard of this and maybe are seeing Bunny Lad come into context, or maybe not at all. 
I mean, um, you, sh- you, you shouldn't. I, it's just like a terrible, like, almost sounds like that word. And we were delirious from no sleep. So we thought that was hilarious. And it's just stuck with me. Uh, like, you know, back in the day, I used to I used to play a lot of competitive video games before I got into poker. And this was like always my name in those games. So it's just stuck. So if you ever played against Bunny Lad in StarCraft or anything, now you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Well, man, thank you for coming back on the show. And you're welcome back anytime. And hope everyone enjoys the stream. And we'll see you guys all again next week. Thank you, Jack.